Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The go through some emails, check your calendar, see that you have a 45 minute break in the day between meetings, realize this is your moment. So you drive right to McDonald's to pick up something extra delicious ASAP meal. Thank you. There's a meal for every moment at McDonald's. Buy one of your select faves and get another for just a dollar every morning, like a sausage McMuffin or hash browns. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Cowboy meal valid when product served. And welcome to episode number 47 of the LSR podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by the brightest minds in all the gaming industry I have with me this week, Dustin Galker and Adam Candy of Legal Sports Report. Guys, head over to LegalSportsReport.com for all of the stories that we are going to hit on this podcast here. Subscribe, rate, and review over at Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google. We would appreciate the five-star reviews, all of those uh, all of those kind words help us climb the uh, ladder over there and more people can find this podcast. We are going to hit on a couple of states, some stuff coming out of New York, Massachusetts, what's going on with SB Tech, how are things going in Colorado and Michigan. But first, we must kick things off with what went on in West Virginia. We were sitting here on a Tuesday evening. We were just trying to move on into our into our night get on to Netflix, whatever it is that we were going to be doing. And next thing you know, just a little breaking news story. Oh, yeah, just a slight little breaking news story comes across that West Virginia had legalized election betting. And if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you know that we have talked ad nauseum about election betting and how that it is not legal in the United States. And we have written articles on this and all kinds of things. And then Dustin we were sitting here and, uh, you know, it was about seven o'clock, I think at night, six thirty, seven o'clock at night, our time out here on the Pacific coast. And, uh, the, uh, the news came through that they were going to be having election betting over at FanDuel in West Virginia. It's a little bit, it was a little earlier than that. It was a blur because I started drinking heavily <laughs> after all of this, but yeah. So FanDuel sends out a news, uh, they released it to some reporters earlier and then uh, put it out a news blast. Hey, we're taking election betting in West Virginia, which was like weird time, like middle of the night in, in, in on the East Coast. Like here. But here we are. This I mean, this is pretty big news in our niche of the world that the first time a legal U.S. sports book was going to take bets on the election. This is you know basically just the presidential election uh, in some in some markets around that. But, you know, as we we have written about our, you know, John Holden, our legal expert and, and all of us, we, we know that. There's a lot of possible roadblocks with this, not not to mention in usually state laws, but also in federal law. So this is kind of we're like, how is this even possible? And like we you know, start digging into the law and then, yeah, sure enough, a, like uh, I'm not sure exactly the timing, but it seemed like it was not it was maybe an hour after the odds had been first listed at FanDuel that they're pulled. Uh, the lottery said the uh, FanDuel said we have been given initial approval, but the but we, we, we pulled them down. The lottery said well, 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 the FanDuel jumped the gun, shouldn't have been doing this. And it, it was just utterly uh, a crap show at, at uh, that night of what was going on and why. And now we're at the point where, you know, a day later, uh, the governor said we shouldn't be doing this. Secretary of State actually uh, 
of the state of West Virginia actually said, this is illegal. We shouldn't be doing this. It's a terrible idea. So we're back. We're back to square one where there's no election betting in West Virginia. And you got to think this episode is going to not not help that moving forward in any other state either. You know, Adam, one of the things that we talk about and, and listen, we can be critical when we need to be critical. We talk about all the time that. You know, one of the reasons we're big advocates of the legal and regulated sports betting market is because, hey, it is legal and regulated. And there are people that you have to answer to. And there there are there is recourse should you not get paid or whatever it might be. So, you know, this is the reason that we kind of trumpet this all the time. And then something like this happens. And we you know, we've seen a couple of botch rollouts here and there, but mostly that was in the very beginning uh, to see something like this and and from FanDuel and, and you know, really not digging into everything here and jumping the gun and all that. It's just I'm not going to say it's a black eye. It's certainly not a black eye, but it's not the greatest of looks for for one for FanDuel for West Virginia. And then just for us, the people who are sitting here saying like, no, no, the legal mark is the way to go. And then like something like this happens and we're just like, what in the hell? How does this even happen? I would put my power ratings of who loses the most out of this, starting with one, unquestionably, the all-time champion, uh, the West Virginia lottery director, John Myers. There's no question that he is at the top of the list here. Starting there, who do you blame for this, right? That's the first thing everyone wants to say. Who do you blame? Well, in this case, John Myers actually had to issue a statement falling on the sword and saying, I thought it was okay. Then I did more research and I figured out that it wasn't. Are you kidding me? It took Dustin and I about 15 minutes of looking up West Virginia law to figure out that it's illegal. It's right in the law. It's not like you have to look and, uh, you know, dig on some dusty shelf. We figured it out almost instantly. And so West Virginia gets a huge black eye out of this. And especially because look at the first statement and then the statement that came out 15 minutes later. The first statement said, oh, no, no, no. We're just discussing this that came from the communications person. And then 15 minutes later, the two of them are on the same page. That is FanDuel and, uh, and the West Virginia regulators. It's unbelievable. Really. It, it, it's absolutely unbelievable that this could happen. Uh, second in the power ratings would be FanDuel because I think Dustin can speak to this a little bit. If you are FanDuel and you have significant in-house resources in terms of legal counsel, you probably ha- have some inkling that you're stretching at best here, that you're maybe using a little loophole that some people have pointed out in the law that talks about any election held locally. And maybe you're going to try to parse out the definition of held locally because FanDuel said, well, the lottery told us it was OK. Fair enough. But at the same time, if, you know, if a teacher in your class gives you a note that says it's OK to punch another kid. It's not okay to punch another kid because you know that it's against the rules. It's, you know, it's against the law. So that goes for FanDuel. To your point, Matt, for the regulated market overall, this is the sort of thing that undermines confidence in the regulated market. It's the sort of thing that draws attention from places that the regulated market right now has made clear it doesn't want to draw attention. It doesn't want federal oversight. But you know what? This is the sort of fiasco that gives those who would like to put more oversight and more restriction on legal sports betting the ammo that they need to get something started. Yeah, that's where I, that's where I come in from this is looking at it. It's like, why why did we rush to do this? There's 
there's zero reason. Like FanDuel has been pushing election betting. You know, uh, you know they they do it in Europe already through through Betfair, Patty Power. Um, so, th- so they're familiar with it. They know that they could get some decent, you know, at least press traction, if not, you know, actual betting handle out of it. So it makes sense from them. But there's zero reason to to for a, a regulator to to ram out. Hey, let's have election betting and just put it out on a Tuesday night and not do like, hey, maybe we should double check and make sure this is a good idea to check. Like, how is this not run by any other lawyers in West Virginia? Again, the secretary of state the next day said this is illegal and a terrible idea. This is like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, I mean, it just melts your brain when you think about it. Like there's, we just, we just need to take our time. That's again, part of the, the benefit of the regulated market is that you, you, you have people sitting around and thinking about it. We, that's why we have all these regulators sitting around, you know, making sure things are legal and things are okay. And we haven't even gotten to the federal aspect. I don't, I don't know if we want to get, go too far down that road, but there's, there's federal concerns about this on top of, you know, the law that, explicitly states that you, you it doesn't the law actually says you can't place a bet on an election in West Virginia. It doesn't say you can't take bets, which is is kind of wild. But basically, if you'd be offering a market in West Virginia, you'd be every every one of your betters would be creating, uh, you know, be committing a crime in the state. So I, it is just mind boggling. And it, it and for me, it just it, this is the kind of stuff that makes me angry when we're, we're sitting here saying, yes, the regulated market is better. And then we get a clown show like this. Yeah. And and it was like, we're not even exaggerating here. Like we are not even like, there's no hyperbole when we say that this happened in like 20 minutes. I mean, I see this tweet and then I I like, we start talking about it in our own personal little Slack channel and stuff like that. I pull it up on the website. I see the odds. And then in real time, I see like when the odds come off of the page, if the page still exists, then the page doesn't exist anymore. I go to the app and download the app real quick. And I'm like, oh, OK, it's still on the app. So maybe there's just something wrong with the website. I refresh the app. Now the, the odds were gone on the app. And then I refresh the app again. And then politics was no longer an, uh, an option on the menu on the app either. So like in the course of 20, 25 minutes, it was like they put this up. Everyone's going like, wow, I can't believe this happened to them actually pulling it off of the app to where the the menu option is not even available on the app. And that's how fast and crazy that this this all happened here. And you just it's like you said, Dustin, and, you really yeah, do. And Adam and I, Adam and I, Adam and I aren't exaggerating. We're like we look up election code and find this and like, I mean, what Western is <laughs> credit. Their 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 uh, their code online is actually really easy, really easy to search. And we found this passage about uh, betting on the elections in West Virginia in like no time flat. I'm like, <laughs> OK, what what are what are we missing here? And like, again, uh, the Twitter lawyers are out. Oh, it's uh, it's OK because the presidential election isn't actually held in the state of West Virginia. I'm like, what? what we're not talking about semantics again. You know, we go the whole DFS industry cropped up because of, you know, how you read a law and stuff. But this is we're talking about, you know, this is. Betting on elections, you know, what, how, how serious of an issue you think this is? Again, I'm I'm with, you know, if people want to bet on elections at low limits, I have no problem with it. It's happening in offshore bookmakers already. But we need to have, yeah, we should be slowing down and like making, like, it's not hard to look this stuff up. And I'm just like, why are, right. why are major billion dollar companies and regulate state regulators rushing to ram this through and then like 15 minutes later we don't have it it's just it's just a whole wild and and adam before we move on here i think we want to at least clarify like we're not like old fuddy-duddy sitting on the porch screaming at the kids playing on the lawn here like listen if 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 they want to bring out presidential election betting and as doesn't just mention it 
at lower limits to create, you know, we talk about sometimes that, you know, betting is just a, a form of entertainment for, for most people. And so you want to just put something down to have like a little bit of fun or something like that. We're not saying that that is, that that's wrong and that we're against it and that it's like the worst thing in the whole wide world. But basically what we are trying to say is that if, if you're going to do this, like we have to go about all of these things the right way. And we have to make sure that whenever we decide that we're going to put out a press release and it's going to get a ton of, I mean, that was one of the fastest shared stories I think I've seen in, in the gambling space in quite some time. Cause people are just taken so off guard by it. And then we come to find out literally 20, 25 minutes later that you can't offer this and the markets get pulled down and all that. It's like, yeah, if you want to do these different things, and I mean, we're we're seeing in Nevada, New Jersey, they're offering, you know, betting on iRacing and these different things. So they, they are taking on, you know, these newer markets and stuff like that. But boy, we just got to make sure we have our 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 eyes dotted and our T's crossed here and the ducks in a row and all the different little things that you want to say about this type of stuff. Matt, there are those out there, again, to reference what Dustin said, uh, Twitter lawyers and those who fancy themselves to be the smartest people in the room who think that we're yelling about the idea of election betting because of the micro situation, right? Because it's legal in some places and not legal in others when we talk about other countries in the U.S. That's not it at all. This is about the macro situation. This is about how you go about the process of legal regulated sports betting and the differences between legal regulated sports betting and illegal offshore betting. It's about the assurances that a regulated market gives. As you said, uh, you know, it's about everybody operating on the same playing field. And when you have a regulator who acts as recklessly as the lottery director did in West Virginia, it undermines everyone in one incompetent swoop. It's really unbelievable to me. It is. It's just, it's remarkable to me to then put out the statement that says, I thought it was okay, and then I looked and it wasn't. How can you be in <laughs> charge of anything if that's what you, you're the one who's supposed to be overseeing the entire operation? And it's not like West Virginia has been the model up until this point. Look at the absolute disaster that that state had when it came to its mobile betting app uh, situation. Now, that was not the regulator's fault, but at the same time, that was a mess. And keep in mind, this is the same state where we saw um, some pretty extensive coverage from The Athletic about the uh, the sports leagues going in and trying to get integrity fees and all sorts of other things and the interference that was coming from the executive branch. <sighs> By the way, just uh, the correlation is not causation, but I don't think it's lost on anybody. And I'm going to quote a, a pretty good source who said this to me a couple days ago. It is not lost on anybody that FanDuel, who put up these odds, is partnered with the Greenbrier, which is a private resort owned by the family of the governor of West Virginia, Jim Justice. Like mm -hmm. it, it can't come any closer together than this in terms of how to create a mess that never should have happened. That's the, the last footnote I'll put on this, too, is it's one thing that there's election betting out there. It's in the UK. It's. It's, uh, you know, it's an offshore. There's no there's if you want to bet on the election, you're going to be able to bet on the election. But there's a there's a bit of a distance between that and a, a state who is sanctioning betting, getting into the, the the business of sanctioning betting on elections. There's at least an optics problem. You know, definitely there's almost certainly not an actual logistics problem of that happening. But there is an optics problem of West Virginia, you know, runs an election also says, hey, you can bet on this election. There, there are people like people who can step back, should be able to step back and say, 
hey, maybe we shouldn't just like on a Tuesday night on a whim announce that we're taking betting on election. Like that's the other that's the reason it it drove this ire. And that's why, you know, that's why nobody else has gotten into this, because there's this optics problem of saying, man, let's get let's go. We're running these elections. You know, we're already in a world where the you know, lots of people are calling, you know, we're we're going to maybe have some more mail in voting. You know, people cast aspersions on the on the, the validity of elections already. Like if you throw betting on legal betting on it and on top of that, you got, you just, you have something that's, that's, you know, maybe not worth the squeeze in terms of right. the overall optics of the situation. I, I agree. I, I just think it falls into the juice. Isn't worth the squeeze, but uh, you know, we shall see Although some people like, uh, like, uh, like uh, Westgate says it's, they think it'd be as big as a Super Bowl. I don't like, I don't like, I don't see that either. Like, I don't see like, billions and billions of dollars being wagered on the election. Yeah. Like it's not, it's a decent market in Europe, but it's, it's just, it's not like, uh, you know, it's not as big as any sport. Let's put it that way. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. One more thing, yeah, Matt, one more yeah. thing to add to what Dustin just said, regardless of the size of the market, let's get down to the level of why, right? Like, why is this a problem when we bet on sports, we bet on games that we have no control over, Right. When we bet on elections in a very small way, each one of us has the ability to influence the outcome of that market. And if you were to somehow be able to successfully organize a larger group of people to be able to influence the outcome of that market, then you can't have open betting on it. It it just does not make any sense to be able to bet within your own country. It's a different thing internationally, right? UK citizens can't have any impact on the US right. election, but US citizens sure as hell can. So I, I'm just blown away by all this. I'm, I'll let it go. <laughs> it's going to be interesting how it all plays out to see if anybody tries to press forward with this. But I think after all this blowback, uh, you know, again, I think we just go back to the juice really isn't worth the squeeze here. You know, I learn each and every week about stuff that's going on in this industry from these two gentlemen here on this program, our guests as well, and all the smart people that we work with within the company. But every now and then I run across some stuff myself. Of course, I'm not going to dig even deeper, but I do pass along topics to these uh, super smart guys and we kind of go ahead with with it if it's a if it's a story. And one of the things that I was hit with uh, last week was a story where I found that there was actually language over in the UK where there were some sports books that if they so choose, and it was in written in a term in the terms of service laid out completely plainly in the terms of service that had they, if they were to go insolvent that your deposits, your money, your bank account, that is, uh, you know, your account money that is sitting inside that sports book, that they could use that money for their debt if they needed to do that. And it was just my jaw dropped. I copied the quote. I sent it to both of you guys. I sent the links over to take a look at this. And then Adam, we did, we, we turned it over to Brad who was able to, to dig in a little bit deeper, but it was actually just fascinating to me to see that written out that there was a sports book or several sports books after actually over there that basically told you, Hey, look, uh, yeah, no bet with us, but just, just so you know, if uh, if we ever run into money problems, we're going to go ahead and just uh, take your money and we're going to use that to for operating expenses. First of all, thank you for flagging this story. <laughs> and this is the one that we teased on the podcast last week. Imagine if the FDIC with banks in America said, oh, well, your, your deposits are kind of insured. But, you know, if we get the spot, that's our money. 
Like it's it's crazy to think about. And over in the UK, there's a situation where it depends on the operator, right? Like there's a group uh, that Brad found called HBF, a betters rights group in the UK that put together basically a list of saying, look, here are the sports books where you are not protected at all. And then there's a medium risk category and our medium security category and a high security category. And it's amazing to me. I mean, there are big names in the unprotected category like Betfred, who's coming over to the United States. Now, the natural question that you and I talked about is what happens in the U.S., right? Uh, Do you have protection in the U.S.? And the short answer is yes. Uh, If you look at New Jersey, the DGE requires that bank accounts for players are kept separately from other funds and that there's a minimum of a half million dollars in there. Uh, Nevada and Pennsylvania follow a similar model. So that's not at risk in the United States the same way it is in the UK. But considering we have so many UK companies that are pushing into the US market, it's something that at least bears watching state by state to make sure that these same safeguards that have gone in for the early adopter states continue to be enacted. Dustin, when I read that, the first thing I thought of, I mean, it was just the it was just the horror of the online poker days back in the day. I mean, everyone know Well, if you were if you were around, you know, the story of Full Tilt. And that is essentially what Full Tilt was doing is they were using the funds and and they were using them for operating expenses and just relying on new deposits to to keep the the company going. And so it was just whenever I read that, I was like. You got to be kidding me that this is something like we we watch this play out from a full tilt perspective. We know how this ends. And it's just it was crazy to me that a name, especially like Betfred, that we we know is, you know, a, a big popular brand. And as Adam just mentioned, is is making its way over here as well, was the the company that basically said like, yeah, you know, I mean, look, uh, we're cool. But, you know, <laughs> should we should we ever need that cash of yours where we have the right to take it? If if this happened at a regulated U.S. sports book, there would be riots, like <laughs> riots in the street. Like I'm not, and you know, riots in the Twitter streets, at least. I mean, but yeah, I mean, if we if we if we just legalize sports betting, and then all of a sudden a company goes belly up and takes everybody's money, like what the hell are we even doing? Like it, that's another thing. It's like why are we doing? Like why is this a thing? You should be like we went. We also went through this in the DFS days not that long ago, right? We wasn't with the big sites, but a couple of smaller sites just took everybody's money went bankrupt right so this is uh and we, we enacted all this dfs laws where we had to have segregated accounts for operating funds and, and player funds like this is like it feels like it should be a no-brainer that you should have like a player's funds should never have anything to do with anything <laughs> it's just like again we're like in bizarro world like why is this a thing and like again you know we're gonna we're gonna talk about something else it's like this has not been a great week for regulated gambling, honestly. Uh, everything, I, everything I'm like, I, I, I was like, at some point, I'm like, man, we should just tell people to go play offshore. This, I am looking at the just, rundown. There's lots of dumb. I know. I'm it's, looking it's at the rundown. Yeah, it doesn't get any better. It doesn't get any better. I wrote it up. Yeah, it's it's just like. Let's let's not do dumb, sh- dumb <laughs> stuff. Right. Let's stop it. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm looking at the rundown. I'm like, oh, man, we're going to we're going to hit on a couple of other things here as well. But uh, let, let's at least talk about one thing that, that does seem to be uh, positive, And that's uh, what's going on over in Colorado. We look like we have a we've been talking about Colorado for a while here on the podcast, but it looks like they have a, a target date. It looks like they have started to distribute those licenses and we're starting to get an idea of who the players are going to be in Colorado. 
Yeah, the big thing about Colorado and the good piece by Brad Allen kind of laying out the market, we're, we're looking at a May 1st uh, launch, even though into a world without sports, but everybody seems committed to it and operators and regulators too. So it's going to happen. So we're looking at the market and when you look at Colorado, it really, if you were, I don't know if it would be quite the model for what you would, if starting a sports betting uh, industry from scratch, but it's pretty darn good. It creates an open playing field for lots of operators. Uh, all the licenses do run through land-based casinos, but none of those uh, those casinos have a real leg up on anybody else. So you basically come in with, a, you, you, get a, you get a partner, you get a license, and it's kind of everybody for themselves. And it's really a good, it should be a good competitive market. Uh, there's also a tax of only 10%, which is, you know, pretty, pretty reasonable. And what, and what, you know, is about what we'd say is, is the sweet spot for having, you know, good, a good industry for regulated betting. So yeah, we're, we're looking at Colorado, you know, again, we're going to have a launch. That's not, not the most ideal, but we're going to have a, a, an industry where it's kind of like, okay, this is how it should be. People, the, the cream should rise to the top. Everybody gets a fair shake. Everybody who wants a license is basically going to come in and be able to get a license. So, yeah, you look at Colorado and, yeah, there's, uh, you know, outside of, you know, New Jersey, Indiana is, is kind of like this as well. But Colorado really should be a good example of, you know, what we should be doing in the industry and creating, you know, a fair level playing field for everyone coming in, uh, coming in to start. Adam, we have talked about. Michigan and Michigan being one of the states that decided to really kind of kind of pass a bill that gets everything going within that state. We were wondering if this was going to be up and running by football season. Of course, we don't you know, we know football seasons up up, up in the air right now. If football season is even going to start on time or what it's going to look like. But as far as a timeline goes for Michigan and people that are going to be looking to, uh, you know, do some whether it be, you know, whether it be poker, whether it be online casino, whether it be sports betting. What, is, uh, what does it look like there in Michigan? So important to note that Michigan launched its retail sports betting operation just about a month ago. And man, of course, the timing could not have been worse to start up the industry. They thought they were getting going just in time for March Madness. And then all of the coronavirus related shutdowns took a huge toll. As you can see in the revenue report for March, the first one we've seen from Michigan, three casinos were open. They combined for just more than $100,000 in revenue uh, and sports betting. They have not released their handle yet, but we're going to work on that uh, going forward. Now, we've asked many questions on this podcast about what will be the effects of the coronavirus shutdown on the industry. And the first speculation that we're seeing from Michigan comes from Brent Iden, the representative who has been uh, very vocal in terms of advocating for gaming in Michigan. And he said on an iGaming business webinar that they're working with regulators in the hopes to have the mobile piece up and ready sooner than 2021, which was the initial uh, timeline for Michigan said, hopefully very soon, given the people are at home, there's a pent up demand that people are going to be playing in the state needs to capture some of that revenue. Now, why did they launch retail so far in front of mobile? That's because governor Gretchen Whitmer had requested that no emergency rules be used. And that's the pretty typical process that we see in most states. There's some emergency rules put in place, and then those are reviewed as you're going on to get the permanent rules going. Uh, Gretchen Whitmer decided she didn't want to do that. Could there be some level of compromise now? That's sort of what Iden seems to be suggesting in Michigan. And what, you know, we've talked about this a lot, you know, sports crazy state right there. It could be, uh, it could be a very big player when all things get rocking and rolling there 
in Michigan. Uh, Dustin, we talked about the SB Tech stuff uh, last week on the podcast here. I know we've got an update, but I think, you know, one of the things that we didn't really get into as much is just the fact that how this might affect the possible deal with DraftKings. Where do we sit with this whole SB Tech situation and how does the DraftKings deal look? I would love to not be talking about SB Tech <laughs> on this podcast anymore, but they leave us no choice. We're we're at like two weeks now of of US online gambling sites being down because the SB Tech underlying SB Tech platform is still, uh, you know, not, not down, but it's uh, going through, you know, regulators in Pennsylvania and Jersey. There's still online casino sites and sports books in, in both those states that are you know, giving error messages when you try to, to launch them. And, you know, I think I think the bigger issue for me, and I wrote an op-ed over at uh, Sister Site Online Poker Report, is that this is not how, again, not how a regulated market should work. Uh, you go to one of the sites, you go to like Bet America in New Jersey or Pennsylvania, it, you know, it says we're under maintenance and has a phone number to contact them. It doesn't really say anything. They did send out emails to people saying we had a cyber attack, blah, blah, blah. That's that's fine. But you really, you should be, if you're a, a, on the consumer facing end, you go to the app, you go to the website, you should be like, hey, look, we're not just quote unquote under maintenance. We had a cyber attack. Your, your information is safe. Here's what's going on. Here's all the information you need. You need to talk to us. Here's our, all our information. Again, they did that at Bet America. Some of the other sites they didn't. They didn't on the Oregon scoreboard app until they actually launched that bet earlier than the rest of them. But you know, if there's a there's an onus on regulated gambling to be more transparent than what we see at offshore. And you know, again, we're in early days. We don't need to give people who are against online gambling uh, more ammunition. And when we look at a a site that's been down for two weeks. Again, this is unprecedented in, in the nascent U.S. market. It's uh, and uh, you know I gather there really hasn't been any kind of similar outage at a regulated, uh, you know, uh, market in Europe or elsewhere. Uh, so it's it we're getting we're in unprecedented territory. We're looking at this and it's like why are you still closed? And then on top of this, yes, today was supposed to be that the day the DraftKings and uh, SB Tech deal closed, reverse merger. Uh, that's been put off again. Seems to be mostly due to the pandemic. It's going to be. It's supposed to take place later this month. Uh, uh, the latest there is thirty million dollars has been set aside for any any possible damages that come out of this as a result of it. To you know, if if the merger does go through, that you know, this this could result in uh, you know some penalties and things going on uh, behind the scenes. So it, it's another just big mess. It's you know in a. In, I don't want to be talking about it, but again, we're we're here trying to create, like here we're trying to shine a light on. Here's what we should not be doing, which is which is sad that we're spending so much time on that in this podcast this week. But that's we should be focusing on being better than the offshore markets provide. You know, this is we, we say here. This is why you have regulated gambling. It's to be for transparency and to do things right. And this is another example of I don't think things are being done terribly well. Yeah, this is kind of uh, just. Like I said, we weren't trying to we weren't trying to pick on people this week. It just happened to be that this is the week that that everything is going the way that it's going. So, uh, you know, maybe we'll have all good news uh, next week whenever we do the podcast. But, Adam, before we get out of here, let's get some updates on Massachusetts and New York. Yeah, no problem. Those updates to come here in just a moment, just to add to what you guys were saying a moment ago. You know, th this is why we're here, right? You know, we're, we're here to report on it when it's going well. We're here to report on it when it's not going well. And this is a week where distinctly it was not going well. And you're going to see that reflected uh, 
in our coverage at Legal Sports Report, up or down uh, the way things are going. Speaking of up, looks like things might be going that way in Massachusetts. That's the hope, at least. We saw a lot of updates uh, about different bills and the movement that was going on in Massachusetts before everything shut down. And it looks like they were able to get everything into one vehicle. So the the bill is interesting. Uh, the bill would create, um, obviously, the biggest market in New England for sports betting. It would include mobile. Uh, obviously, you would think any bill to go through in the headquarters state of DraftKings would likely include mobile. Uh, and there would be some competition in that uh, fairly reasonable tax rate, et cetera. So no idea when that's actually going to move. But when you consider how hard it is in the larger states, and especially in Massachusetts, where things have been complicated, to say the least, in the legislature, uh, this is a promising step in Massachusetts. I said up and down. The down part, of course, is New York, where we did get the finalized budget in New York that does not have mobile included uh no big surprise uh that that was not a shocker and obviously you know our hearts go out to not only new york city but the entire state of new york which is dealing with the worst impacts of the covid 19 situation so they have much bigger things to deal with right now yeah and you know you said it very well there adam that you know we're going to report the good and the bad i think a lot of people <laughs> think a lot of people it's really weird actually dustin you get uh you get accused of being a, a cheerleader and then you also get accused of being like the person who is always bringing the dark cloud I, I don't know if people think that you're a cheerleader or if they think that you're only the guy that wants to come in and drop the hammer i, I don't what, what do you get more of no i, I get it both yeah it's, right. it's funny <laughs> I, yeah i get the I, i'm trying i'm just yeah t- constantly being a downer on everything that goes on but then yeah, yeah, you can't win, and that I mean, maybe that's a, a sign that we're doing things right, right? That we're yeah, you get it from both sides, and then uh, you know maybe you're maybe you're giving a good good down the middle take that everybody should be actually believe in who's who's rational. That's that's what that's the way I like to think about it anyway. Well, you know, look, I mean, it's if if we're bringing up, and it's not just us that is, that do it. I mean, obviously, it's getting out there for everyone. But if we're bringing up these things, and if people can get better. Uh, you know, over the next few months. I mean, look, this is this is this is the time to get better. If you're going to get better and get things fixed and get things shored up and make sure that you're running on, you know, as at top level here. I mean, look, if if the there's a there's a line over to our, uh, there's an article over to our other sister side at the lines. You know, I mean, it, we talk about there's no sports betting right now, and and a lot of these states are struggling. But you know, if the timeline that some of these sports leagues have put out plays out i mean we're going to be looking at a fall where these sports books are going to be i mean bombarded with the amount of things that are going on i mean a a very real scenario could play out where nearly every single major sport is going on at the same time including major golf tournaments and major tennis tournaments and, and kentucky derby and nascar and the whole nine yards in the fall so i mean you know you don't want these things happening then for sure so I think if there's any, you know, any some if we can kind of bring some of these things to light and make these things, you know, a a priority for some of these other books and maybe even the ones that haven't had any sort of issues so far, just to make sure that they go in and and take another look and make sure that they're all shored up. Because, you know, look, when things come back around, should they come back around, like uh, you know, should they come back around in August, September, it's going to be uh, it's going to be something else and it's going to be a, a. a cross section of the sports world that we've never seen before. There's no doubt about that. 
Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, just from a purely consumer standpoint, like I'm, I'm so if, if things go well again, we're who knows what what life is going to look like in the fall. But everybody would like to be playing sports again in the fall, and it could all be going on at the same time. I'm already <laughs> excited for the Masters in November. Uh, again, hope cross our fingers all this stuff happens. It's, it's it feels almost pointless to to spitball it, but you know we did have the PGA Tour come out with dates, and yeah, it's a. Uh, you know, if you're a, if you're a sports better and you've had nothing except for Belarusian soccer to bet on for uh, for weeks now, you're, you're looking forward to the fall and hoping that sports return. Though, Adam, I hear you've moved on from sumo and it's now iRacing now, right? That's your uh, that's your cup of tea these days. I actually have news that I can announce right now. Uh, they, they thought that I was so good betting on iRacing I've actually been given a car this week. <laughs> there you go. There you go. The uh, the NASCAR iRacing. League. Be sure to check your uh, t- check your uh, internet connection before you start racing, though. Yeah, Be sure, it's good to go. <laughs> that's that's true. And then, boy, that's that's we didn't even mention that, but yes, uh, i racing legal in uh, Nevada and New Jersey. If you are if you're interested in that, that that got going as well. And <laughs> Dustin, we had a guy rage quit. <laughs> he lost an actual <laughs> he lost an actual real life sponsor because of that too. Like he's playing. Yeah, it's, like, it's like it's, we're not playing. We're not playing PlayStation or the car. I was like, he just threw his controller. Like I'm done. Screw this. Oh great. man. And maybe maybe not the most skillful thing to be betting on. No, I, I would I would think so. When a guy can literally just say like, yeah, peace out in the middle of the in the middle of the thing. But uh, what I I don't I, what the reports though the like Vegas books said they took are taking like how much like twenty percent of the or maybe it's more than that like fifty percent of the action of a normal NASCAR race yeah they which, they they did I think the first week I think you're right I think it's twenty five to thirty percent or something like that of a typical NASCAR race which I mean you got to think that's just a massive success for these books yeah I mean and yeah you know when when you're offering uh yeah weird level soccer across this pond this is something you watch on fox so it's like yes of course people will definitely want to bet on it it's <laughs> right better than yeah. better than table tennis for betting definitely you're getting a million viewers i mean this it's it's uh it's certainly something that uh, i'm i'm curious to see how that that plays out actually for the numbers as well guys as always every single story that we talk about here on the podcast at legalsportsreport.com at lsp report on the twitter machine and of course we would really appreciate those subscriptions the five-star reviews, the ratings, stuff like that over on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google. For Dustin, for Adam, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week. The go through some emails, check your calendar, see that you have a 45-minute break in the day between meetings, realize this is your moment, so you drive right to McDonald's to pick up something extra delicious ASAP meal. Thank you. There's a meal for every moment at McDonald's. Buy one of your select faves and get another for just a dollar every morning, like a sausage McMuffin or hash browns. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Combo meal valid when product served. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.